0: Okay, welcome to the Mentor of the Month uh, of the Crown Council. This is Stuart Anderson. I'm joined today by Dr. Michelle Jorgensen. Hey, Dr. Jorgensen. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Hey, um, I've known Michelle for quite a while. And recently at the Crown Council annual event, um, I was introduced to a book that she has written. And uh, after the annual event, she sent me the book. And we have connected now uh, to do this Mentor of the Month where she can share something that I feel is actually um, a a direction that the Crown Council and other top practitioners are heading. Um, To introduce Michelle, first of all, I wanna start off by saying that her team, her dental team, uh, won the Dental Team of the Year and the Dental Practice of the Year at the Crown Council annual event at the Members' Choice Awards. So very, and she even listed in her book very prestigious awards. So um, super grateful for her team. They always attend the annual event. Uh, we've done a practice of the month interview with Michelle. She's a speaker, uh, an author, a teacher, and uh, has been providing health and wellness for years. Um, she has a very interesting story that she's going to share today about uh, becoming sick in her first ten years of, of doing dentistry and her story to come back from being sick, what it was caused from, and then how others can learn from the things that she's learned and done in her own life. So uh, with that, Michelle, uh, do you want to get started on your own, on your own story, how, how this whole journey began? <laughs> For sure,
1: love to share that. Uh, you know, I was just like everyone else. My dad was a dentist so I started practicing um after a few years he and I created a new practice together and at the time it was in the early 2000s and so the big focus at that time was spa dentistry you know lots of high touch high customer care and we built a great practice and it, it grew we, uh, we you know went to boot camp we joined crown council everything was going great and um we we really got into the cosmetic realm. You know, we were cosmetic dentists along with everyone else, and uh, everything was just as it should be. The practice was growing, the patients were happy, uh, but it wasn't as it should be. I started having some significant health issues, and they weren't little things; they were big things. I uh, ha- I've always had digestive problems, but things got really bad. There were times when I couldn't eat anything. And, um, I was on this white diet where anything white I could eat anything else but that, I couldn't. and and even that didn't help. Mm. So um, I couldn't eat anything, but the big trouble came with numbness in my hands. And it got to the point that I couldn't change a burr in a handpiece. So any dentist knows you can't really practice dentistry if you don't have enough dexterity to even change your own burrs. I was having to have hand my handpiece to an assistant. She would have to change out my burrs and then I could go back to doing, to doing what I was doing, but it was, and it wasn't just numbness. The numbness was painful. It's like when you sit on your leg, you know, and you sit on your leg and, and then you, you move and all of a sudden it has all those pins and needles and it, it hurts and it, it aches and my arms, and my shoulders just were so sore. And, um, I wasn't sleeping because it would wake me up constantly at night and I've always really prided myself on a really good memory. I can remember every patient, everything that I did on those patients. I'd look at an X-ray and I know who it was, just by looking at the X-ray. Well, I got to where I couldn't remember a patient's name from room to room. I'd go to one room, I'd you know anesthetize, I'd go back to the, the room I just was in, and I couldn't remember the patient's name again. And I knew something was really, really wrong. So I started looking to everything I could. Um, I went to every doctor you know, I started with the MRIs, um, everything from the head and neck down, uh, no answers. So then I started branching out into the alternative healthcare realm. Like we all tend to do if we don't find the answers where we start and, you know, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, I mean, on and on and on and on blood testing and still no answers. So I actually put my practice up for sale and I had a couple of very interested buyers This was a good practice, you know, and people, people were interested in what we had going on and, um, I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next because I'm not old enough to retire. I, I still have a family to support and, um, I was looking into speaking and to being a consultant, you know, all these things. And I was talking to a colleague and telling him these things and, you know, asking his opinion on what might be a good avenue for me to take next. And he said, you know, you sound so much like me. Have you really, have you looked into mercury poisoning? I said, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't have any, you know, amalgam fillings in my mouth. And he said, No, it's not. It's not the amalgam fillings you have. It's the fillings you drill out every single day without any protection. He said, Have you ever thought about everything that you're breathing in? As you are a cosmetic dentist and you're taking out all these, you know, we we call them black fillings for patients so they'd understand they were really unsightly. So you know, are you? Are you thinking about what you're grieving as you are as you're drilling all of that out and I'd never given it a second thought. Um, and we'd never talked about this in school none of my colleagues ever talked about this my dad had been practicing for you know 35 years never had a, a sick day in his whole entire career and I just thought well this certainly can't be real. So I thought well what does it hurt to get tested so I got tested for mercury and sure enough I had mercury poisoning off the charts so, I had to real quickly learn how do I help heal myself from mercury poisoning? Well, one of the things, is, if I was going to continue being a dentist, is I could not continue adding to the mercury. You know, I couldn't try to get it all out while breathing it in all day. So I had to learn how I could remove those mercury fillings in my practice and not breathe it in. So I started learning about that. Then I started thinking about the assistants sitting next to me every day. Well, what are they breathing in? You know, what's it doing to them? And then, of course, the patient's. What are they breathing in? So it just sent me on this journey that I did not expect at all. And in the process, I I was able to get better. It took me a few years for sure. And I'm still on that pathway. I just have noticed just recently that I feel like my memory is really coming back. I'm all of a sudden being able to remember patients again. Team members will look at me and say, how do you remember that? I "I don't know, but I didn't, I didn't five years ago, but I'm so glad I can't (laughs) say, but uh, I, I have learned so much and what I've, really had to question is what in dentistry could be causing health problems, first of all, and how can dentistry help contribute to healing health problems? So those are the two big things that I have been on really about an eight-year journey to find. And it's taken me places I never expected, but it's taking me places that are bringing so much satisfaction and joy and just complete pleasure in practicing now that I was never getting before, even in a really great practice.
0: It's um I, I the one thing I love about it, Michelle, and I think that Crown Council encourages this is the idea to share uh, your journey, you know, to that you've written this book. I mean, it is a, a legit book that I finished reading. Um and and one of the things in the introduction that I love is it says that your goal is to change the way that dentists Look at health, um and then there's another there's another line in here in the in the beginning that says um, let's see if I can find it oh no, I lost it. The book is personal to me because the things I'll share saved my health and career I mean this is deep, this is serious stuff. this isn't just like your research, this is like uh your life I mean this is real the real thing
1: yep. Exactly,
0: um, can you talk about how this idea has maybe changed or influenced the direction of your practice then so uh, what what do you do differently now in your practice uh, as as you call it um, biologic or holistic dentistry? how has that changed?
1: Well, my entire practice is different, so it's the foundation of the practice now, you know and I want to just go a little bit to what I feel like is a real misconception or misteaching that we learned in dental school, that this mouth is separate from the rest of the body. You know, I remember I I was in a program called the RDEP program. And as part of that program, I was with 10 students and we were at the University of Utah Medical School for our first year. So we were only with 10 dental students, but we were with you know, 60 medical students. So all of our courses were worth all these medical students. We took anatomy with them, embryology, all of these, you know, all the basic science classes. And I remember when we were learning anatomy, thinking, why am I learning the rest of the body? All I'm going to be working on is the head. Why am I learning all of the rest of this? And we really learned it because we were at the medical students. What a what a misconception that was. <laughs> I mean, when, when did we decide that the head was like, lopped off and not hooked to the rest of us. (laughs) Of course, of course what goes on in the head and neck area that we work in, of course it's influenced by and influences the rest of us. Of course it does. Why did we ever think that it wasn't connected? So that's been the interesting part of this journey is to find out just how much it is connected. There has been recent research, and I'm talking very recent research. As you know, Stuart, in my book, I have 14 pages of research. So this isn't just an anecdotal book. It's not just me shooting from the hip saying, hey, these are some great stories that have happened in my practice. It's not that. This is me looking at very, very recent upstate research on these pieces, how dentistry or dental health influences overall health. So there was a real recent article, I think it was a 2017 article that showed the connection between um, blood clots that caused fatal heart attacks. So does that make sense? If If someone died from a heart attack, They went and biopsied the clot that caused that heart attack because they wanted to find out what was in that clot, what would what would have left to that fatal event or led to that fatal event. What they found was that nearly 80% of those blood clots contained mouth-specific microbes. Wow. Nearly 80%. So it was really a landmark study to show the importance of oral health and what goes on in the mouth. And what goes on in the body we can't ignore this you know another thing i tell people all the time is how often do people visit the dentist when if they're supposed to how often do we tell them they're supposed to visit the dentist
0: yeah i mean twice a year
1: twice a year how often do you visit your doctor if you're not
0: sick i don't know once a year maybe
1: maybe maybe i haven't <laughs> been to my doctor this year <laughs> you know so we have such to me we have an opportunity but I think we also have a responsibility because we are seeing these people more than any other healthcare provider. Really think about that. Yeah, that's
0: right.
1: Are seeing people six, every six months if they come. And we're really encouraging people to come, not just to check the teeth, but also we we do what's called a wellness exam where we we check a lot of other things at that visit. And we encourage them to see other healthcare practitioners if we find things that are, you know, indicative of, of health issues. So we have a responsibility to be able to help. People with their health, not just their mouth, but their health. Now that's just the, that's just the starting point of it. So really, we are seeing people on a daily basis that are sick. Um, we've created a referral network with alternative care providers in our area because the, the medical doctors they don't get it yet, but the alternative care providers they get it in a big way. They will seek you out if you are providing this kind of care. They are looking for dentists who get it. So we've created a network. Of um, providers in our area that refer to us. I would say we see two or three patients a day that have been referred. And oftentimes the dentist is the last hope. We're the last stop on the list because <laughs> people don't think that it could be the thing, you know, it could be the reason. But there literally is research coming out now that shows that 60, per- 60 to 80% of chronic disease is caused by or contributed to by oral disease. So all of a sudden, these doctors are getting it. They're sending patients our way, and we are literally hand-in-hand with these providers changing lives, improving health, saving health, and this is different than anything I've ever done. Now, when I go to a new patient exam, I don't sell a thing. It is so much fun. I sell nothing because I'm prescribing care. I'm prescribing health. There is, you know, that I went through so many courses where I was taught all these high pressure sales techniques and the the questions, the three questions or the 10 questions or, you know, all these things. And I don't sell a thing anymore. All I'm doing is doing doing my due diligence, a bunch of diagnostic testing that are very doable in your practice, but in any dental practice by an auxiliary. I do the traditional dental exam. My dental auxiliary does all the rest of these tests. So it's all delegatable. It's all there in hand. When I walk in the room, we talk through their symptoms, their health issues, what they have going on. And then we say, listen, these are three things that we see on a daily basis that could impact your overall health. It's infection, metals, and breathing. So let's talk about all, those, all three of those and we'll see if we can help you out with that. We mm-hmm. are just simply providing and prescribing care. It is a blast and you would be shocked. No one says no anymore because everyone wants to get better when it's a matter of health. People want it. It's not, it's, 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 you know, we're not saying, Oh, you have a cavity. You need a filling. No, 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 no. It's Hey, you have no quality of life. You can't get up and play with your kids anymore. You are losing your hair from, you know, from other issues. You have no energy. You had to quit your job. Now they want what we have to say, you know, to share with them. This has completely changed my practice.
0: And, and, uh, you, uh, you talk about maybe the, the fringe ideas that, um, going too far with this. And, uh, you even said, you know, that your is your office full of, of crazy people? Are there, are you finding that there's, <laughs> um, how, how is that part of your, your practice? Is this just a fringe thing or is this really appealing to to everyone?
1: Well, I, let me ask you this. So you have kids, um, you have a wife. Mm -hmm. So has your wife, do you think she's ever looked online for, oh, um, a home remedy for coughs for your kids? You know, something of that sort.
0: Yeah, for sure. She has.
1: For sure, right? Yeah. I mean, I would bet that most every person listening to this has done something like that. We've looked for an alternative remedy. We've looked for an alternative method. Why Why are we doing that?
0: I mean, I don't want to, I mean, for me personally, I don't want to turn to those drugs that um, could possibly hurt my child if they take too many or if she's on them for too long or You know, something natural seems to be smarter at the beginning.
1: Exactly. And I don't think you're alone in that. In fact, I have much research to show that you're not alone in that. Um, I would bet 95% of people have searched online for some kind of natural remedy, some sort of ailment that they're having, that they're experiencing. So is this a fringe thing? Well, if 95% of the people are fringe, then that's a huge fringe. you know no this is not a fringe thing and is my practice full of crazy people not at all do we get a a few crazies sure but you know what i've actually really redefined that what i typically find as crazy the people that we used to call crazy are the people that have no answers they don't know where to go anymore and everybody else has deemed them crazy Oh, they can't get rid of their headaches. Oh my gosh, it just must be in their head. You know, everybody else has labeled them as crazy and they are just so frustrated and so at the end of their rope that sometimes they're a little bit harder to deal with or sometimes they feel a little crazy. But when I really sit and listen to them, I think, oh my gosh, this person is just someone that's suffering and is so ready for someone to listen and help Right. can provide that that listening and that helping to them you're now their very very best friend and they will send all a hundred of their very best friends and they're not all crazy either. So we get we get the across the board it is just full of moms and business professionals and everybody, grandmas and grandpas, anybody that just wants to feel better, that wants a better quality of life. That's all we're seeing. And the dentistry we're doing, it's not fringe either. I mean, we're taking out failed amalgam fillings. Yeah, and Who in your practice hasn't done that? That's all we do. We just do it in a different way. We just do it so it's a lot more safe for you and your assistant and your patient. So it's not fringe. It's just simply dentistry with a focus on the entire body. And mainstream. Uh,
0: um, Michelle, I mean, it's, it's so... Um in my opinion this would be a complete change of uh, culture uh, the way that you communicate with patients the way your team communicates with patients um, since you changed this practice i mean and changed your focus how has your practice changed and in, in what ways are you guys different now um, i mean you've alluded to the way that you speak to to patients but how how did you do the change how did how did you um make sure that it transferred to your team and it transferred to the, the way your whole practice works.
1: That's a great question. And I really think that the team is absolutely pivotal in the, in the conversion and the change and you have to believe it. That's part of it as well. So I really encourage people to start with something they really do believe in. So for dentists, a lot of times that's mercury. Um, If you really want to know what mercury is doing to you and your patients, There is an organization called the I-A-O-M-T. They're a little crazy, and I actually don't necessarily prefer everything they do, but they have an entire white paper on their website that is about research on mercury fillings. Now you have to understand, Stuart, in dental school, the only thing they taught us about mercury fillings is that there was this dentist named Hal Huggins and he lost his license if you if, because he was telling people that he could help their health conditions through removing their fillings. and that if we continued if we shared any of those things with our patients that we would lose our license too. You've now had the entire dental school talk about mercury fillings. <laughs> so it's a little hard to springboard from that to, we want to help, you know, remove these mercury fillings for people's health. Now, legally, I actually still don't tell people that. I still do not tell them that this could improve their health. We we look at the fillings, we say, are these things, you know, dentally still acceptable? And believe me, as a dentist, 90% of them are not. They're leaking, they're cracked, they've cracked the tooth. You know that black scuzz that you see underneath those fillings. Is that healthy? That's not healthy. So just start from a dental perspective. Just start from there. Are mercury fillings really good for teeth? No, they're really not. They crack teeth all the time. So if they're not good for teeth, all right, we should probably replace them. What should we replace them with? The same things you already do now. Okay, should we take them out a little different way? Yes. Okay, we want to be a little safe for our team, for our patients, for our doctors, everybody. So let's do it in a safe way. We have a little, we have a big vacuum that goes at the base of their chin. We always use a rubber dam or an Isolite so we have good suction. Um there's it's not funky it's not crazy we do i do wear a special mercury filtration mask i don't wear a hazmat suit i probably should but i don't just because it scares a few people off um so you know i i don't go all the way to the crazy but just start simple and i don't think that there's anything about what i just said that any of your team members wouldn't understand if you said hey listen what right. you know, mercury. If you break a thermometer, you have to actually go through all of these special steps to dispose of that mercury. Well, guess what, guys? When we're drilling out these fillings, we're all breathing it. I don't really like that anymore. So, we're just going to change up our masks and we're going to use a big vacuum at the base of their chin so that they don't get that, those, that uh, vapor any, anymore, mm-hmm. any, either. How yeah. hard is that? That's not, simple, right?
0: yeah, not, not hard.
1: That's not hard. So you just start with what you're already doing, you just make it safer and a little bit better. And then you talk to the patients and you say, "Hey, we're going to do a couple extra things today because we really care about your health. We know that you've been experiencing some health issues. Will this help? We don't know, but we sure help. We sure hope it will. Yeah. And you just start there. So you start simply, and then, you know, my team members now are obviously very conversant about all these things. They get a lot of questions, and they field a lot of the questions. They listen to you. So you learn. You talk it, the team members listen, they copy what you say, and all of a sudden the culture in your practice has changed to be focused on health. It's fun. You don't have to talk about just you know the broken tooth anymore. Now you can talk about, gosh, yeah, that thyroid issue you've been having. Right. It's really frustrating. You know? Would you, uh, Have you been? Have you ever heard that metals and sometimes even fluoride can cause that? Are you interested in some of inf- information about that? Who's going to say no? Of course they're going to say yes. They have thyroid problems. So you just slowly start, you know, slowly, slowly start walking into the pool until all of a sudden you're swimming.
0: swimming.
1: (laughs) You know, you, you asked how it's changed the practice. Well, it's changed the practice in a lot of ways, but one big way is growth. Um, We've doubled new patient numbers. Now we, we don't cap new patients and that we never tell anybody no, but I can, I see nine new patients a week and I have a couple of associate doctors that see four a week each we're still scheduled out two months for new patients. Wow. So you can't tell me that there isn't a demand for this.
0: <laughs> and would you say? Would you say you're like becoming known uh, for these principles, the the culture that you've created?
1: Oh yes, most yeah. definitely. And that, but that's not without intention. We've done that intentionally. We how? Want to become known how have you for how have you done it? Good question. So the first thing is that network of providers literally, I started just driving around and looking through um, Google. I would type in chiropractor and then I would go on the website and say, okay, what does this chiropractor do? Do they just crack necks or do they actually do some nutrition counseling? A lot of them anymore do nutrition. So then I started taking things to each of these chiropractors, just like, you know, the referring doctors do to you. The things that the orthodontist brings to your office, you take now to the other offices. So we just started creating a network. And then we had someone that would go make those deliveries and they'd say, "Hey, are you interested in any of this stuff that we talk about? If you have a patient that really isn't getting better, we'd like to—we'd like to maybe think—you know—we'd like to talk to them and see if there's something we can do as well. Are you interested in our doctor coming to talk to you?" So I started doing lunch and learns. I'd go to these offices and I'd do lunch and learns. Now I'll be honest—I despise them because I don't like taking the time to go and do it. But it has probably been the biggest return on investment I've ever—I've ever made. Those wow. are the offices that refer every single week to our practice. Nice. Um, then I just started writing things and, you know, copy other people's things. It's fine. Don't copy it exactly, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> some information you find from somebody else, put your logo on it, rewrite it, put a little spin and just start sending it out to your patients. All of a sudden they'll go, Whoa, I didn't know you were doing this. Tell me more about what you're doing. So we've been very intentional about creating this niche, this network. I also started a study group with all of those doctors now. So all of those doctors, we have a study group once a month that we come and we teach each other. So we do it in my office. Each of those doctors is assigned. I, I ask two each time to come and just teach us something about something they're doing in their office. So I'm creating a community intentionally around this. And that community is expanding. We're, we're well beyond the state of Utah now. We, we get patients from all over. Um It, it, it takes on a life of its own when you really decide this is what you want to do, because there is a demand.
0: And, and, uh, listening, you know, today, if, if we have crown council members who are sitting here listening, um, who think to themselves, well, can I be halfway in or, or do I need to be all in like Michelle? I mean, where, where do we, where do they start? How does this, how does this begin?
1: Good question. So again, like I said, the thing that I think you should start with is mercury because it's just easy to start with. You're already doing it. It's already something you're talking about. Um, I don't think you have to be all the way in at the beginning. What you'll find and what I found is that it's real, it's really a Genesis. It's, it's something that, that happens because you start to see results. You start to go, Hmm, I didn't understand what happened there. So maybe I better learn a little bit more about that. And then you start seeing it everywhere. This happens with dentists all the time. You go to a CE course, you go back the next week and every, what you just learned in the CE course, like every patient that walked in that door has it. And you think, how did every patient that has this walk in this this week? (laughs) It has (laughs) nothing to do with that. It's just all of a sudden you see it, you know? It's you that's changed, not the patients. So when you change, all of a sudden you start seeing things a little differently. And then you start asking a few more questions, doing a little bit more research. Okay, well, hmm that doesn't make sense. Let's do a little bit more about that. And all of a sudden, the next five patients that come in have that. So then you start talking to them about that. You know, we're starting to do something, something a little new. Now for me, I am all in. I am 100% all in. And I had to draw some lines. Um, Some of the lines I had to draw on the sand are some real controversial ones. Um, Root canals is a biggie. And uh, it's a real biggie. (laughs) And I have some extremely strong feelings about this that I'm not afraid to share Um, but it's not one that I would start with Uh, let's just say that but it's one where you have to question um, yourself and it's not very comfortable just yesterday I had a patient come in she hadn't been in for about five years but someone told her that this is the kind of dentistry we were doing now and she's had a lot of health issues So she came back as a new patient. Kind of funny because I did a bunch of work on her years ago. Yeah. Five root canals that I myself or my father did. All are abscessed. Oh. You know how painful that is? It takes a lot of introspection (laughs) to look at it and go, okay, we're not infallible. And I'm sorry, but there's not a dentist on this call who doesn't realize there are a lot of things that can go wrong in a root canal. We've been taught all of them. All of the things that can potentially go wrong can and do. And so now I have to look at this and say, and just look at her straight up and say, you know what? All five of these root canal teeth are abscessed. What would you like to do about it? And because she's had these health concerns, just like whatever you recommend is what I want to do because I want to get better. Did I sell a thing? I didn't sell anything. Yeah. I just simply prescribed health.
0: And your book is very, I mean, your book is very upfront about these root canal options and, and what you do and how you present to the patient about um, root canals. Uh, what, what did she decide? What did, did she make a decision?
1: She did. It didn't even take her two seconds to make the decision. She's going to have them all removed, the teeth, wow. five wow. teeth removed. She's only about 36 years old. Oh. She says, you know what? I'm only 36. That, that was actually what she said. That's how I know how old she is. She said, I'm only 36 years old. I don't want to go through the rest of my life with these health concerns. Now, mm-hmm. here's the crazy part. We've all been taught in dentistry. This is something that we have been taught. We've all been taught that periodontal disease is really related to systemic health. Okay? We've all been taught that. Every dentist on here has been taught that. Well, guess what? And uh, well, Guess what an abscess root canal is? It's called CAP, or chronic apical periodontitis it is periodontal disease. Do you really think that that stays there in that little five millimeter pocket? Do you really think that it stays there? We've been taught it doesn't. There's been decades of research showing that periodontal disease and periodontal bacteria go all over the body. This isn't new. That's what failed root canals are as well. So again, we don't promise anybody anything but we direct them to the research and say, you know what I want you to study some up on this on your own. These are your options you can choose where we'll support you in whatever decision you make, but we want you to know what we know so that you can make an educated decision. Wow
0: um, Michelle, you you kind of had to dive into this on your own for your own journey, but uh, where would a Crown Council dentist begin research or podcasts or websites books I mean, is there a um, a best place to start uh, your own personal research?
1: Good question, too. So, I would love them to get my book. <laughs> <And> if, <Yep. laughs> if we will even put a link if they want to get it at discount price, only shipping, but it is on Amazon. It's on Amazon ebook format and it's on Amazon as just a regular print book. I've written it for the layperson, and the reason I read it for the layperson is because it needs to be approachable from anyone's standpoint. But as written for a layperson, I've also put, like I said, 14 pages of research in there. So any dentist can read it and say, well, that's, you know, you're going to read some of these things and go, she is just in that case, you know, where in the world is she getting that from? Well, then I'll have five research articles that have been from the last five years that will tell you where I'm getting that from. So it's written for a layperson, but it's also written for a professional that wants to know more. There's also a couple of books that I really recommend and learned a ton from One is called The Hidden Epidemic. It's written by a man who's an MD. He's actually a cardiologist. His name is Thomas Levy, L-E-V-Y. This book will change your life because he is the one that's showing the correlation between heart attacks, stroke, cancer, and oral health. This will change the way you see things forever. The other one is written by a dentist. It's called, I'm just trying to remember, I think it's called Whole Body Dentistry. It's by a dentist whose name is Mark Briner. That also, it's a very thick book. That's why I like my books. It's actually a lot littler. (laughs) It's it's a real book. Like it's big enough to be a real book, but it's not like this big old treatise that's you know three inches long that you think, oh heavens, how long is that going to take me to get through? So I've read them all. I've read every single dental holistic dental book on Amazon, and um, (laughs) just because I decided I needed to if I was going to write one. so it, it, it this is this is more readable, um, but those two other ones that I recommend are excellent. There are a couple of organizations, like I said, the IAOMT is one. They really lean toward legislation against uh, mercury fillings and fluoride, and that bothers me. Because to me, fighting in the political halls amongst people that have never listened to you and never will isn't really going anywhere. I just wanna talk to people who have these problems and help them. So IOMT is fine for some information, but I don't love their approach. There's a couple of other holistic biologic associations online that you can check out. This is up and coming. Honestly, this is up and coming. Um, There's going to be more and more that you're going to see. I was just reading, um, it's called Dental Abstracts. It's just an abstract journal or a journal full of abstracts of abstract dental research. And because, you know, obviously I see it, a quarter of the research articles were all about systemic health and oral health. Yeah. A quarter. That's a huge amount when you consider this is all the dental research that's happened in the last six months I was reading about. That's huge. A quarter. So this is coming. There's going to be more and more.
0: I agree. And even though the one of the last mentor of the months that we did, um, you know, where Steve talks about airway health and how, um, and you mentioned that earlier, uh, yep. how all of these things are connected. I, I love the question that you wrote in your book where it says, "When was the last time a dentist talked to you about the relationship between your mouth health and your overall health?" I mean, this is a real change in the culture of a dental practice. Um, and we say it on our humanitarian trips all the time. We say it's not about the teeth. And although it, that, uh, that principle applies to a humanitarian trip, you know, treating a patient, making them feel love. I mean, this is, I think this takes it even a step further that it's, it's not just about fixing those teeth. Um, it's about the overall health and what you can really do, uh, for a patient in your practice. So,
1: so we become wellness providers. We're not just dentists anymore. You know, we're wellness providers. And I've often said that the mouth is the gateway to the rest of the body, in many ways it is. Um, The the mouth is the beginning of the digestive tract. I guarantee if you start asking your patients if they have digestive issues, 80% will say yes. Well, the mouth is part of the digestive tract. So if there's infection in the mouth, you cannot have a healthy gut, it's impossible. So why are we not talking about this? This is our responsibility.
0: Um, Michelle, will you just wrap up, um, you know, why a dentist should learn more about this and uh, any other personal or professional pleas to the Crown Council docs, uh, any, anything else you want to wrap up with?
1: Yes. You know, my personal professional plea is just, just make this a little bit of part of your practice. And it'll grow. It'll take on legs of its own. It'll grow. And the the value for you in that is that you will start to love practice again. I actually had my practice for sale twice. I had it for sale once because I was so unhappy with practice and feeling very unsatisfied and just like there was something more to life than what I was doing. The second reason was for health issues, obviously. I am so glad that I stayed with what I'm doing now because I have never been more excited, more engaged, more fulfilled than what I'm doing now. And I'll tell dentists all the time, I'll say, really, I believe it's the only niche left in dentistry. The cosmetic dentist has, you know, been killed, you know, it's, 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 it's over, it's done. Um, the, the implant all on four, that kind of thing has kind of gone, come and gone. I did that too. Um, I believe even sleep apnea is becoming somewhat um, commonplace in dentistry, although it needs to become more so. But that one really, that niche really't does it doesn't have a big piece anymore. This is the niche. This is the place to be because everybody has a body. <laughs> you know mm. Not everybody needs a pretty smile, but everybody has body. So everybody wants to feel healthy. everybody wants to feel better. Yeah. There is a reason for this, and you will never be happier. Than when you are changing lives, I just had a patient just, so we do what we call dental revisions where we have patients come from out of town. If they're, if they're far away, I do virtual consultations and sorry, I'm going to interject right here. We are starting total care Academy. My business, my dentist, my dental office is called total care dental and wellness. And we're starting total care Academy, um, this summer where we're going to be training, we're going to be training doctors, and we're going to be training teams, because this is so team dependent. So things like how to do a virtual consultation, that's all going to be included in this. Anyway, so we do a virtual consultation for these patients, we don't even see them before they arrive for their treatment week. So she's been here the last week and a half. Um, We started did a whole bunch of surgery and restorative work on her. The beginning of last week, beginning of this week, I I seeded all the restorative, Um, finalized some temporaries. Yesterday, I adjusted bite. She came in with a huge care package for our team, said that her life is different, that she all of a sudden can hear again. She said it's almost a little overwhelming because she can hear the ends of words that she couldn't hear, and sounds are so loud, and she didn't know they were so loud. So she said she can hear again. She said she hasn't been able to talk because her teeth, she'd had some dentistry done that was Too tall, and she'd been tripping over her words for years. She said she'd been avoiding talking. She talks again. She said, "Well, she gave me a few TMI pieces. um, How long her bowel movement was—that was enjoyable to find out. Um, But some other things. But she could not stop talking about the things that that had changed in just the week that she was here. When do you get that from doing a filling for someone? (laughs) It's just." different. So I just encourage you to start, just start, just look up something, look up something, get this book. I don't care if it's my book, get somebody's book, just read a little and please just keep your mind open. Don't close your mind to it right off the bat. Think, could there be some truth in this? And then continue looking.
0: Yeah. You know, as a, as an end note, Dr. Jorgensen, uh, Greg and I were recently at the opening of the university of Utah's dental clinic Uh, out in West Jordan, and the dental chair that they sit in, in this clinic, they've merged the dental records and the medical records, and the patient sits in the same chair to visit with both the medical professional and the dental professional student who is treating uh, these underprivileged who come to the dental clinic. And the, the dean of the school actually told us that this is the direction that they're trying to share and teach these dental students is that everything that the patient is talking about and being helped with is connected. And they want the students to recognize that, that the patient isn't going to move to a different operatory or uh, they're going to open up a different medical record that, that they've merged the all of the information into one record for medical and dental. It was a really neat change. Uh, that's, to beautiful. So, yeah, <laughs> that's
1: beautiful. Yeah, great. Even just in a symbolic sense, you yeah. know, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad to hear that they're that they're recognizing it in the education world because that is where it needs to start. Yeah. And unfortunately, I'm well beyond my education in dental school, so I really had to do it on our own. But thank heavens.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Michelle. I'm uh, grateful to, for you, and I'm, I'm excited to share this with uh, with the rest of the Crown Council. I know that you know there's pieces of this that exist in the No More Hygiene program with Tommy Neighbors, um, and so this is. Uh, I, I think this is fitting in with where this amazing group is going and uh, the treating of our patients. So, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.